Hi, and welcome to the CCB Weekly Check-In Podcast with your host, Timothy Prendergast. It's 2021. We have an evolving podcast where we hear from our people, their stories, and learn and develop along the way. So sit back and relax and enjoy this week's episode of the Weekly Check-In Podcast. Welcome into the weekly check-in podcast. We're here once more uh, interviewing uh, an insightful, uh, interesting, intriguing guest uh, from our CCB colleagues. Uh, we have been promoting, you might have noticed through our New People Talk newsletter, uh, inclusion and diversity. This year we've set up a, a working group and uh, we have representatives from across uh, Santander's people networks that are you know, within CCB. And uh, one of those people who is very, very uh, engaged in one of those people networks is uh, Anish Jalabai. Anish, good afternoon. How's it going? Hi, Tim. Yeah, all good. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. No worries at all. Fantastic to have you on. Um, first things first, though, can you let the audience know a little bit about sort of uh, what part of CCB you reside in, your, your role, and, and maybe uh, what uh, which of the people networks you're, you're involved heavily in? Yeah, of course. Happy to. So hi, everyone. I hope you're all good. Um, so I'm Anish uh, and I work in the project management office team within KU, um, or PMO for short. Um, so that sits within the data and change team. Um, so my, my team uh, primarily, we uh, support the projects um, as part of the CCB investment program. Um, so you might have heard the likes of Abacus, um, we've got the Connect Replacement, we've got Global Trade Services. There's loads of great projects happening, which will deliver uh, really good benefits uh, for colleagues and our clients. Um, so I also um, help to uh, manage the change roadmap um, and communicating um, the sort of key changes by internal comms um, and via the monthly change and simplification calls, which hopefully um, you all have attended. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my... Um, my day job um and then i like to always say this but my gay job <laughs> is um <laughs> in embrace is actually the head of events so um i've been doing this for about two and a bit years now since the back end of 2018 um and yeah i've i've, I've loved it i've loved every every second of of being you know part of the embrace network um it you know it's i'm so glad it exists you know um just from a personal perspective but also from a bank perspective, you know, showing that we are committed um, to um, a, you know, a um, an inclusive and diverse workforce, and that we, you know, accept and really celebrate um, everybody that works um, in Santander. Um, so that's yeah, that's in a nutshell um, um, a bit about me. Yeah, brilliant. And we'll get to some of that stuff that you're involved in in terms of the the Embrace Network. And I know, having known you now for almost three years, how um, yeah, passionate you are about that but I mean is it okay for us to maybe start off with a little bit about your sort of life journey and, and I guess leading into how you have become so active within the Embrace Network? Yeah of course yeah so um, I mean I'm very open so I'll probably just I'll just spill everything anyway so um, with my my personal journey um, so I started in Santander um, back in 2015 um, so straight after uni I went to Bristol Uni for three years studied economics um, and then um, actually, well, kind of tell a lie, I um, started in Santander in 2014 um, on an internship within the mortgage marketing team, so up in Milton Keynes. 
So I did a 10-week internship then, and then I got offered a place on the Retail Business Banking graduate scheme at the time. Um, and that, yeah, and then I started in 2015. So um, when I was at uni, actually, um, I wasn't openly gay. Um, so, you know, it, it was something that I've always, I guess, struggled with and, you know, had that inner battle with myself about. And, um, you know, I guess looking back now, I feel like a completely different person to the Anish, you know, that that was back in, you know, 2014, 2015. Um, so when I actually started in Santander in 2015, in September, um, I remember starting in a branch. Um, so just, you know, the first placement within the two-year grad scheme. Um, and yeah, I actually, um, you know, wasn't open about uh, my sexuality and, you know, um, just that, that part of me. Um, so I didn't really... Um, speak openly about that to you know uh, my branch colleagues at the time and um, you know it, it's a bit of a shame to look back on now because I wish I was you know <laughs> and I wish mm. I had that um, that kind of acceptance in myself at the time and, and confidence you know um, but yeah um, that's that's kind of uh, I guess where it started um, and then you know as the as the years have progressed um, I well, I thought I was bisexual at some point. So, you know, I, I kind of, I, I think sexuality generally is quite fluid and, um, you know, being, being open and, and kind of, you know, meeting loads of different people. I think that just, um, yeah, I think that's just kind of like shaped my journey. Um, so um, I did have a girlfriend at one point and then it didn't work out there. And then um, actually I remember coming, so I, I moved to Edinburgh and then I moved back to London um, in 2017, so back in the 2017. And then I um, remember coming down and this was like November time, December. And that, that's when World, World AIDS Day is. So World AIDS Day is every year on the 1st of December. Mm. And there was a quiz night happening in the Triton Square office. Um, so it's weird to even talk about it now because, you know, that's like BC, right? Before Corona, before, you know, we were locked in. Um, and yes, you know, it's crazy. But that, yeah, like that side, I, um, I remember coming down for that quiz night and, you know, there were like so many people there, you know, um, had the Embrace Network there um, and, you know, Susan, um, Manroop with uh, it's, it was you know really uh, really great attendance and um, I remember talking to um, the head the kind of the, the chair of of Embrace at the time and you know still is Darren Kerrison and uh, yeah just talking to, talking about what happened you know with the breakup in Edinburgh and you know me coming to London and yeah he was he was so supportive and everyone else was and and I was just really keen to I guess get involved, you know, be an active part of Embrace, and and um, yeah, just I mean, I guess since then, since kind of 2017, 2018, I've I've really embraced it myself, you know, if you pardon the pun. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, and I think I, I think that's that's been a really critical um, enabler for my acceptance, you know, yeah. um, having that network to belong to, and and having. Um, you know, those really supportive colleagues, um, you know, and and just taking, just, you know, learning so much about LGBT and community and, and, and allies, you know, um, I think that's, that's been 
yeah, it's really helped shaped my journey actually to, to where I am today. Yeah. And you mentioned that uh, the quiz in, in Triton Square. And I remember around the water cooler in Ulster Terrace, almost each time we'd, we'd catch up, there'd be another event that you were sort of promoting and encouraging yeah. people to get along to. Can you talk to us maybe, I guess, firstly, I mean, how did things change in terms of events last year with everything going virtual? But I guess more importantly, what's on the horizon for Embrace in 2021? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, gosh, I remember all of that in Off the Terrace, um, you know, uh, obviously just spreading the word about events and everything that we had planned at the time. Um, we, yeah, we had, we had so many things planned. Um, and yeah, and, and we obviously delivered all of those things. So, um, but yeah, I guess last year obviously was, you know, the world, the year that shook everything, right? And, you know, um, turned everything upside down. So, you know, we, we went into 2020 um, with um and uh, um within an event strategy um where whereby um we would leave a lot of the um events planning um and the autonomy to the site leads so we had regional site leads across all of the offices and branch network and telephony um so we were kind of going more for a less centralized approach and a more you know, keeping it more regional and, and you know, allowing Saudis to do what they want to do in the year. Um, so we had all those plans, you know, um, submitted. Um, and then obviously in March, we were all, you know, most of the bank had to work from home. So offices, you know, closed down, everything, you know, what happened anyway. So we, yeah, we had to just take a step back and actually um, review what events would look like in a, uh, in a virtual environment. So, you know, we, we, oh, and now we've actually uh, implemented a new strategy um, where the events have a national focus. So, you know, the, the sort of benefit of um, being remote, you know, it's that you can join any event, you know, it's really accessible for anyone, whether you're in Glasgow, Bootle, Leicester, Milton Keynes, you know, wherever, London, wherever you are across the UK, you, you know, you can join any event. Um, so that's been a really, you know, big, big bonus. Um, so, yeah, um, we actually did our kind of first sort of virtual event. This was in October 2020 for Black History Month. Yeah. Um, so we collaborated with the Ethnicity at Work Network um, to host a panel event um, with um, Susan, uh, with Van Roop um, and um, some reps from a um, third party um, company um called my g work so um yeah we we focused on uh the intersectionality between um lgbt plus and um being bame um and yeah so that was kind of our first big virtual event and you know it's a really big success and yeah we're just hoping to carry that forward for this year um so i know that this is going to be in the people talk newsletter on wednesday um so we've got um an event for lgbt plus history month um tomorrow when it's um going live um and then you know we're we're, we're we've got a few dates in the calendar for for the rest of the year so yeah definitely watch this space on that one yeah and we'll certainly keep people in the loop via the the people people talk newsletter i mean you mentioned there we are in february it is lgbt plus history month can you talk us through a little bit of, i mean educate us a little bit how did it start and you know why is it important to to have this month in the in our calendar yeah, yeah, very interesting question. Uh, thanks, Tim. So, um, LGBT History Month in the UK started back in 2005, 
Um, so, you know, it's been going on for about, this is the 16th year um, that it's it's been uh, an event. Um, so um, it started out of Section 28. So I'm not sure if you know what Section 28 is. No. Okay. So, I mean, I didn't know about this before. So this is kind of one example of something I've learned, you know, from being part of the Embrace Network. Yeah. It's something that I never really knew before. Um, so Section 28. So back in the 1980s, um, there was a law, um, uh, kind of um, part of the Local Government Act of 1988, um, um, uh, specifically. So this law um, actually prohibited, um, you know, any mention of homosexuality or sexual orientation um, in in the school curriculum. So it prohibitively kind of banned all mention of that in teaching. So the actual quote, right, and I've got it in front of me here. So it's it, it, uh, the, the actual law says, so it shall not um, intentionally promote or publish material with the intention of promoting homosexuality or promote the teaching in schools of the acceptability of homosexuality as a pretended family relationship, right? Wow. So, and, and this, you know, this is 1988, not 1888. This is, <laughs> no, exactly, right? It's only like, you know, 20 or 30 odd years ago. It's, it's crazy to think that just, you know, such a short space of time, how much things have progressed. Mm. And, and I guess, you know, the attitudes back then, because, you know, 1980s, you know, Thatcherism was, was rife. Um, you know, the AIDS crisis sadly happened. And, um, you know, there was, a, there was a lot of um, homophobia at the time, you know, biphobia, transphobia, all sorts of, of uh, discrimination happening. And, you know, from a, from, a, from a government perspective, this was being implemented I just can't believe it. It's it's mind blowing right now that you know um, there's just so much homophobia even within schools. So you know it, it, it's kind of meant like um, everybody who went into who were who was in school you know between 1988 um, you know to 2003 when it was re finally repealed had no education about this you know and teachers were so scared um, of of teaching it you know and and discussing lgbt issues you know for fear of losing state funding you know um so they had to kind of um comply to it which is which is awful um but yeah so the actual lgbt history month came out came about because of the repeal of section 28 um and it is primarily um a uh, initiative to support lgbt plus inclusion in schools right. um and you know support education and the support of, of just you know children to, to learn more about it um, and you know ultimately to accept themselves and and you know lead a kind of happy life you know really with like who they are um, so that's kind of where it came about um, and uh, yes what was your question sorry I forgot <laughs> yeah no, I mean and you've kind of captured there in terms of its importance it's important to, from what mm. you said there to obviously recognize you know our history and how, how recent our history that that has been but then ho hopefully the the, mm -hmm. the real steps that have been made since and, and will continue to to do so with you know in our organizational perspective from um the great work that um networks like embrace are doing so no that's um thanks for, thanks for uh educating us on that yeah again leading on following on from that i mean who do you see perhaps 
in in the world as as the real pioneers of LGBT plus both through history and, and maybe even up to the present. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's so many people uh, in the past that have, you know, fought actively for LGBT plus rights and, um, you know, and also allies, you know, it's like an ally can be anyone, you know, um, in the LGBT plus sense, it's, you know, typically cisgender, um, you know, um, straight people. Um, so, you know, that, that you know, want to support um, LGBT plus people. Um, but I, yeah, I guess in terms of pioneers, um, so I guess with um, another um, shocking fact, right, is that um, uh, homosexuality actually was only decriminalized in 1967. Um, so, you know, not that long ago, actually, at all. Um, and, you know, even after it was decriminalized, there's a lot of stigma around it. And, you know, like I mentioned, with um, Section 28 coming in the 19. 19- uh, 80s, uh, you know, it, it, it was very, it wasn't an overnight process of uh, society kind of accepting um, LGBT plus people. Um, so um, just just before then, uh, so Alan Turing, uh, I'm not sure if, if, if any of you kind of know, um, but, uh, and, and there's actually a really famous film about him. I don't know whether you know, Tim. So The Imitation yeah. Game. Have you, have you heard uh, of that one? Yeah, so... Yeah, I, I haven't. Yeah, de- definitely watch it, and you know, I'd recommend everyone um, who's listening to to give it a watch. It's on Netflix, so that helps. Um, and you know, if you've got Netflix, and yeah, it's it's with Benedict Cumberbatch and Kira Knightley, and you know, it's a massive film. Um, he, um, so Alan Turing, um, he was he's considered a war hero. So he he helped um, uh, during World War Two um, to crack the Enigma code. So this is what the Germans were um, were kind of sending um, uh, sort of cryptid messages um, about um, the sort of bombings that they did, um, you know, sadly across the UK. Um, so Alan, um, you know, and his team um, uh, actually uh, kind of understood, you know, what was happening. And, um, you know, um, it was all secret at the time. Um, but yeah, they were, they were, you know, and they were crucial in actually um kind of enabling the allies to defeat the nazis um back in the war and i believe historians have estimated that you know it saved about 14 million people's lives um you know at the time and shortened the war by two years so you know massive massive achievement there um and yeah and and kind of sadly you know he he was gay himself um but at the time pre-1967 it was illegal so um you know, in in 1952, he um, he was per- he, um, he was prosecuted um, um, for for that, and then um, as an alternative to going to prison, he actually accepted uh, chemical castration, so like hormonal hormonal therapy. Um, you know, so um, that that messed up with him like so much, and you know, he he actually committed suicide sadly. Um, um, from sideline poisoning. Um, so, you know, so, someone like that with so much potential, you know, he was father of um, sort of theoretical computer science and artificial intelligence, you know, died at 41 years old. Um, but his contribution was just just crazy. And, you know, that's just one example of, of someone, you know, in the mainstream, you know, um, in, in terms of films. Um, another example, 
um, I guess, you know, there's so many. I get, um, I, I mean, you know, Marsha P. Johnson, for example. Um, and, you know, she's also got, um, there's also a documentary on Netflix about her life and her contribution. Um, so um, she, she was a trans woman and a trailblazer um, in the Stonewall riots um, in 1969. Um, so this is kind of, a, you know, where um, the Pride movement came from. And you know she she was the main um, vocal um, uh, representative of the LGBT plus community. You know she set up uh, a youth uh, a youth shelter for homeless gay and trans youth. Um, you know and, and 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 sadly her again her her life was cut short. You know she she went missing, um, and then um, you know people thought it was a suicide, but now the case has been reopened. But yeah, I mean so many important. Um, figures in history um you know I could probably go <laughs> on <laughs> um but um I did um if you check out the people talk newsletter from uh week commencing 8th of Feb so on the 10th um I um so Tim and Danielle kindly shared um a sort of profile that explains LGBT plus and exactly what the plus means because I'm just saying plus yeah. I, I'm conscious you might not know so yeah so if you want to find out more about you know famous faces and the definitions and how to just you know be a better ally um and just have more education then yeah check out those profiles for sure um yeah, yeah. definitely definitely <laughs> recommend that and I mean it's, it's fascinating we could talk for for hours on this and just I guess to, to wrap up I mm. might be sitting there listening to this and saying yeah this is this is really informative um, yeah, it's, it's it's really useful information but you know what can I do to, to get involved and you've mentioned allyship you know quite a bit there and maybe just to, to close it would be nice to hear your thoughts sort of around the the power of, of empathy and allyship as it relates to to embrace an LGBT plus yeah sure um yeah, I mean, you know, if anybody obviously wants to find out more, just give me a shout um, at any time. Um, happy to have a chat. And yeah, I guess just just quickly on, um, you know, allyship and empathy. You know, empathy is is probably arguably the most important um, skill that anyone can have, you know, that emotional intelligence and connecting with other people um, from all walks of life, you know, just, just striking up a conversation with someone and, and learning about their their um life story and you know and everyone is so different and that's what makes it amazing you know the diversity if, if everyone was the same it would be very boring you know in life um so it's it's great that we can we have that diversity so yeah um and and you know the allyship point is is mainly um you know putting yourself in someone else's perspective and understanding their struggles you know um and it's not only just lgbt plus it's you know like across all of the people networks, you know, if you're a woman, for example, um, you know, if you are um, somebody um, non-white, you know, um, or, or BAME, uh, if you're, um, if you have a disability that you live with, you know, all, all the different struggles, even mental health, for example, I, I could go on, um, you know, it's, it's about understanding and, and really um, showing unity and solidarity um, for, for everyone, you know, um, that you might not um, directly identify with. Um, so that, that's kind of what allyship means to me. And it's, you know, it's that continuous learning um, and, you know, um, kind of being curious about other people's lives and, and, you know, how you can help them and how you can, you know, really like level the playing field because, you know, a lot of the minorities have really struggled and, you know, have, have and continue to. 
Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of like what it means to me, really. Yeah, fantastic. Hey, Anish, thank you so mm. much. I know a lot of the, the listeners will know you from the simplification calls and, and all the great work you do there yeah. with the day job, but it's been fantastic, as you've put it, to hear a lot more about your gay job today. Um, yeah. And yeah, some, some really interesting insights and, and history and some, some great sort of uh, uh, links for us to, to, to get involved. And as, as we said, we'll continue to, to promote this through the People Talk uh, newsletters and, and, and things like that. But thank you so much. I really... Yeah, no, thank you, Tim, honestly, for your continued support and, and you know, Danielle too and the rest of the team. And, you know, it's, this is really great. So, yeah, keep it sure. up. All the best, mate. Take care. Thank you. Take care, Tim. Bye. Danish, great to have you on the podcast. Episode number 48, Shining the Light on LGBT+, plus, uh, learning a bit about Embrace, learning a bit about the history of the movement. What a fantastic person to have on the show to, to share all of that. And uh, brilliant to shine the light on inclusion and diversity, something we'll be doing a lot more of, particularly through the People Talk newsletter and indeed on this podcast as well as we celebrate the rich diversity uh, of CCB and always learning, always finding out more about uh, the wonderful colleagues we have within our CCB community. That's all we have time for for today. Look after yourselves, take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll catch you again next week. Take care.